of the Second Again Racing Podcast. Yep, that's right. The Second Again Racing mm. Podcast. Jacko, brother, how are you? Good to be back, Ned. Good to see you, mate. Happy birthday for the weekend. Oh, I'm going to embarrass you for the top of the episode, mate. How was it? Yeah, really good. Really good, to be honest. It, one of those birthdays where I didn't actually like plan a heap. Mm. So I had a wedding on the Friday. Mm. I was down in Bowral, beautiful spot, yep. quarter part of the world. Yep. Um, a lot of retirees down there, but it's a really nice A couple of town. nice golf courses down there as well. Oh, like you wouldn't believe. Yep. Um, then stayed there the night, Friday night, and then Saturday morning came back, went to a little event from 2 till 10. A little little, little event for eight, for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, eight hours, 2 till 10, <laughs> a few beers, a few fanties, so that was good fun. <laughs> and then the actual birthday was just very cruisy around the house, so I don't know, I feel like I fit a lot in, mm. so 24, mate, and not, yeah. Starting to feel it yet? Starting to feel the pinch? There's something about it, eh, like. I reckon this week I've worn more button shirts at work than I've ever worn. I usually, I don't know, Monday I even wore a Ralph Lauren. Like, I thought, here we go. Like, mm, I might mm. be growing up a bit here, yeah. but I don't know. Today I'm in the t-shirt and jeans, so it probably doesn't, it's not showing. Yeah. But, um, well, look, crazy time we're living at the moment on a side note. Back in the day, they'd rock up three-piece suits, suit and tie all the time and never complain. We whinge if we got to put a collared shirt on these days, mate. You know, like, I'm rocking up to the office in a shirt. Shirt fair, shorts. Fucking 40 degrees today. In fairness, yeah. Bloody beautiful weather out here. Hopefully there's no sprinklers out at uh, Rose Hill or Flemington. So do you? what do you wear to work? What's your general attire? College shirt, normal like sort of chino pants slash jeans yep. um, during the week. And slash then a, jeans. Yeah, slash jeans. And then a uh, uh, just a t-shirt on a Friday night. What sort of shoes are we talking? Oh, little Pumas, Adidas. Oh, not dress yeah, shoes? No, nah, just a couple of sneakers. Yeah. Yep. It's a good gig. Can do the dress shoes on occasion. You don't see any clients, mate. People don't see each other these days. Yeah, you know? I've heard that. You know, COVID's brought all these um, introverts back out of their shells, mate, so that they don't have to see anyone, but they can jump on the phone. Yeah, and abuse you by that way, yeah, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Makes Plenty of that. Sense. Um, no, well, that's good. We're both going well. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah. Um, it is Friday. It's mm. a great day to be a day. Uh, <laughs> it's a great <laughs> day to be a day. How good's Friday? Um, <laughs> what I will say is that on the weekend, we saw some smart ones. Yes. Real smart ones. Let's start with the big fella. Yep. Animo, he was fantastic, he was brilliant, he was mm. everything you thought. Two trials leading in that were superb. Yep. As you say, the carbon copy to yep. every last preparation I can think of for this mm. horse, 1,400, easy. It's the recipe for him, having those two trials, nice and soft into a 1,400 metre assignment first up. Basically the same uh, transpired first up, last prep in the wing stakes, and we saw Fangirl flash home as well um, in similar fashion. So she's in for a good prep, hopefully she can get that kill because she wasn't able to do it last prep, mm. so... Hopefully she can, you know, bound off where she did last campaign and excited to see where she can get to. And I thought Hinge was very brave up very on top good. of the speed as well. So good front running ride by Abdullah. But the class just showed, and in any stage of the run, you were never concerned. It was like his Cox Plate run and most of his starts before that. 
you're just never concerned. He puts him in the box seat, quickens when he needs to, puts the race to bed, and switches off. He's simply the best. I agree with Fangirl. I think massive preparation coming. Hopefully she just steps over that edge of being a bridesmaid for a little bit and actually gets to take a, a kill or two. Yeah. All-star mile potentially beckoning. I'm thinking that's the way. She's a she's a mare that needs a dry track, so it's been quite hot down there in Flemington recently. Hopefully we see that continue and get some nice dry, fast decks down there for her. Now, speaking of not breaking a sweat watching Animo, talk about not breaking a sweat. Nashua Willa on Ooh, In Secret. This blue Jackets cream. again. This was cream. This mm. is one of the best rides, most patient rides I've seen. Only one by half a neck or whatever it won by, but this was class. Yeah, and what did you say he dropped at the, the 4-500? Nash, he dropped a bit of Valium. Yeah, he? yeah. <laughs> he's taken some Valium. <laughs> I don't know what drugs this bloke's on. Like, oh. he's caught in a pocket yep. between 10 horses in a pretty big race mm. on, like, a, there's a lot of money at stake on this horse. Like, it's a $1.70 shot, eighty. Yep. And you're sitting there like you've taken a couple of valleys around oh, the corner. Mate, super, super right. He just never panicked, did he? Plenty of jockeys would overreact being in that scenario and quickly switch off heels, and that stops a horse's momentum. The best thing Nash never did is he, he didn't panic. He just stayed, kept her in rhythm, stayed in, in behind horses, knew the horses in front were slowing, and just weed his little passage through. And we had to, we had to watch it a couple of times, yeah. mate, to see if he actually gave her one. <laughs> he might have given her one going through the line. The horse on the outside, Sunshine in Paris, had all the momentum up. Ryan Maloney came down for... The ride from Queensland, mm-hmm. so there was a bit of a boom around this horse. Market supported it, so there's a genuine contender there. And In Circuit was just still too good. She's the best three-year-old filly we've got. For sure. Uh, last race we'll cover from the weekend. So I'm Thunderstruck back, runs fourth. And yep. Is it fourth? Yeah, a solid and run. Yep. Gentleman Roy wins the race, protest, mm. overturn, Jack mm. and O. Probably a fair protest, I thought, in the end. Yep. That's not speaking through the pocket at all. No. Or, or our tips. Or you know, the, the second again, boys got up again, so that, that was it one was of... It was definitely enough there to say that it could be upheld. Yeah, you could change. see the momentum sort of stop, and no fault of Zara at all. It's a Group 1 race. You're not thinking about what's in behind you. You're just trying to keep your horse's revs up and just get it through the line. So absolutely nothing to take away from him. But you saw pretty much immediately after the race, the commentators start talking about the front on, let's yeah. get the stewards' vision. You could see what was going on. Zara comes back. He was a bit reserved in his post-race press conference, the siren goes off during his post-race press conference. All the owners are there, aggregated, you know, or congregated, I should say, ready, ready to see him walk up and, and, you know, have a yarn and, you know, shake hands and that. He went straight past them, straight into the stewards' room. So I think the writing was on the wall. But Jack and O deserved that win, didn't For he? For sure. And it's no no mean feat stepping up to take on the older boys and, and win a, a group one in that fashion. So... Plenty of nice runs to come out of it, including Brightside and Thunderstruck, which you yep. touched on. They're both in for good preps, it looks like. I thought Tuvalu was slightly disappointing. Yeah, looking back in its trial, there was a little bit in that to suggest at least half a run short. It okay. was just being scrubbed up in the trial. I wish I would have looked more into that because I did have a small investment on it. And yes, disappointing. For sure. Um, we see some Jack and O form lines come to the fore here today. Mm. For tomorrow, sorry. So we've yep. got... Flemington and Rose Hill this weekend. We're going to kick it off at Flemington. We're going to cover five, six, seven, eight. Looks like we're going to be on a good four. Have we yep. got a rail position? Rail's true. Punter's Paradise back at headquarters. Flemington, Sunshine. It's going to be hot to, uh, today, actually, 37 um, in Flemington, and tomorrow's cooling down. So absolutely perfect racing conditions. We kick it off race five, 1,400 metres. It's the Tony Burke Memorial. We've got this girl's back first up, Anna Visto's $2.30 top of the market. Road to our Arataki is five dollars with Boogie Dancer at eights. Exolita eight fifty. Vespertine is nines, and we got double figures for a couple others. So Cirillo Miss is eighteens as well as Niffler. 
Then Elusive Express is 20s, El Patroness 31s, and Glint of Hope down the bottom at 61s. And Abisto, she's the boom filly coming back, or mare, I should say. Uh, she's going to roll forward with Car aboard. Interesting little jockey change there. So, obviously, Jamie Carr was uh, riding road to Arataki the last two starts. They've rolled forward in those occasions. She now jumps off to take the class mare in, in Anabisto. So, very big jockey change to take note of there. And the other horse I mentioned, Road to Arataki, seems to roll forward here. They've had success in doing so the last two starts. So I expect those two to be first in running. Cirilleo Miss and El Patroness both drawn underneath them. They're probably the, the third and fourth in running, I'd say. She's the starting point, Anabisto. She's yeah. the class mirror of this field. Very nice trial at Cranbourne coming in. I think she's a touch skinny at the moment, as far as 230 or 240, I think I saw a little bit earlier. But she's definitely the starting point. You have to respect her class coming in. I think her chances are greatly diminished if Road to Arataki takes her on. Mm. I just think that she's first up. She may need this run going in. I know she flies first up. But if she doesn't get a soft lead like we saw first up two preps back, I think that's her chance to bring her undone. So I think I can get her beat here in the form of Exolita. Oh, wow. Track and distance specialist, second up comes in, very good record for two wins um, on the four starts, and a minor, um, second up, so she comes in with good credentials here. Her peak performance last prep was second up last, um, and beating Argentia on that day, so a very good run, that was her peak performance, I think she can replicate that here. Her first up run behind Road to Arataki was just the conditioning blowout, and I'm happy to forgive, she'll come on leaps and bounds from that, so happy to butter up at the 8.50 there at the moment. And saving on Vespertine, who was a tough run in that same race. I want to be forgiving as well. Enjoyed a three-wide uh, run and wasn't able to get in at any stage and still stuck on pretty well for fourth. So backing up there at around the same price for $9, $8. I'm with Anavisto. Nice little trial. Brilliant first-up record. She's four starts, three wins, and a placing. Um, I think if, as you say, gets it on her own terms. I actually don't. If Road to Arataki comes and sits outside and there's just moderate pace, I still think she's going to be too good. Mm. She's a gun, fresh horse. I'm, I'm sticking with Jamie Carr in the price camp here. I think Anabisto is going to be hard to beat. Yeah. $2.30 is pretty short, though. Mm. Like I, I, If this horse is below $2, it's a no bet. Mm. I think anywhere around that $2.50, if you can get $2.50, it's a really nice bet. Yep. $2.30 is probably bottomed out for me, $2.20 around that. Yeah, definitely. You start to lose the value, especially being first up. My question to you, Nettie, she's obviously trialled well since, but what did you make of that Tats Tiara run? Is there a, it wasn't great. Is there a, the factor that you need to see her at least first up off the back of that? I think if I hadn't seen the nice trial leading into this, yep. I'd agree with you. It was a very nice trial. It was a very nice trial yep. leading into this. So I'm yep. happy to go, look, Tats Tiara, that's a Group 1 race. Mm. Is this a Group 1 field? Yep. No, not no. really. Yep. So I'm, I'm happy to sort of stick to what's been working yep. prior to that run. And I'm hoping that $2.30... She, Sort of boots home for the punters. Yeah. Nice, nice way to sort of kick off the, the good races for the day. Absolutely, yeah. If she's 100% and she doesn't get taken on the lead, she's the winner. 1400, race six, CS Hayes. We've got attrition at the top of the market, 370. Horse coming out of some weaker grades and finally comes up to some of these class animals. Finds himself favourite. Bankmore's fives. Elliptical first up, seven bucks. Holy Man's is eight dollars. Then we've got a couple of double figures. So Bellow Boat, 14s, as well as Elkington Road at 16s with Cadetship. Belair's 20s, Vegeta Sand is 23s with Daytona, Neuromasters 31s as well as Angry Skies, He's Heaven 34s, Maximilia's 41s, and Dirty Grin is cricket scores. He's Heaven for Moody, uh, drawn towards the outside, is going to roll forward, looks to control. Bellow Bow probably to set outside, Maximilia's boots up from the inside. Vegeta Sand, Holy Mans, and Daytona uh, are the other two or three that can show a bit of speed. I think Elliptical goes back from that wide barrier um, and likely will be the last two or three, and running with attrition as well. 
interesting horse, isn't it? The the favourite attrition. It's yeah. one of those horses that's on the up, and you often see that where horses have had those two or three runs, they might not have the class of the top level of this field, but they've got the runs under the belt, and you might be able to catch a few napping. So interesting. I can't be with it just based on where the rest of the horses are at. I just think that Jack and O form that you touched on there yeah. jumps off the page with Bankmore. Five dollars is a, a pretty attractive price in my books, especially considering that favourite that's only come through Maiden and sort of sixty grade. I'm happy to butter up here on Bankmore. Also a very good run in the Caulfield Guineas last prep yep. as well. So done nothing wrong with this horse. Very, very honest colt, and I'm happy to back up. And Jack and O's come out and won a group one since. So that's the form coming in. A couple of little savers, Ned. So Ben Mellum's got uh, Bel Air, who's drawn one. A couple of negatives there being the jockey booking <laughs> and, and the barrier. I hope they can ben use that Mellum. and be a bit more positive. Uh, it, look, nothing against the bloke. He's just not one of mine. You know, so yep, I'm, yep. I'm not a I'm not a couch jockey, and you know, say this and that. He's just not one of mine. You are a couch jockey. Okay, I'm a little bit of a couch. <laughs> this horse was a tragedy beaten two back at the Gold Coast. They're just trying to get the maiden kill with this horse. Absolute tragedy beaten by yours truly, Ben Mellon, um, and absolutely flashed home down the outside. Should have won by six or seven. Then they went to a, a weak maiden grade and got the kill. Took a little bit to wind up, but they had the blinkers on that day. And once he switched on, he went uh, through the line very nicely. So. Happy to just have a saver there at 20 to 1. And I just want to respect that Sydney form with the Chris Waller and J-Mac factor on cadetship. Always have to be weary of the Sydney form coming across. So that's around the $17 mark as well. I think between those three bets there, you can make some cash. Just writing down Ben Mellon on our list of people we cannot have on this podcast anymore. He's Sorry, a, Benny. He's uh, on the list of 14 at the moment. It's not even a short list. Um, I'm with you, Bankmore. I think $5 is a more than okay price for the form bringing in. 1,300 metres gave Jackano a very good test. Although Jackano held up at a crucial stage, you could say, in that yep. race, I think Bankmore, even if you're within the length of Jackano, that's got to be the form for this, in my opinion. 100%. Knocking yep. off horses like I'm Thunderstruck over a similar trip. So Bankmore, for me, I think $2 the place is an absolutely gun bet, mm. especially with a, lot of, a couple of these horses being first up and you know he's had the run. Um, Elliptical is the one for me just to look out for it. 1400 is probably going to be a little bit short for this horse. He's probably looking to get to 2000, I'd say. Yep. I know that spring champion stakes behind Sharp and Smart was mm. over 2000, and he was brilliant that day. So they'll build into the prep, but don't be surprised to see him flash home. Yeah, market will tell with Elliptical. He's one of those horses where you need to sit back, have a yard watch, and then see what the market does with him. Group 1 racing, 1000 metres, Black Caviar Lightning, one of my favourite races of the year. I think me and you had a chat the other day when we, the world horse ranking. Uh, World Horse Race Rankings came out. This was one of our top races yep. in terms of the world scheme. Yep. So there's no question there's always quality in it. Quality mm. horses win this race. Mm. And we'll see straight away we've got Nature Strip top of the market. And it makes sense because our sprinters are among the best horses that we've yep. got. We, we're not known for our stayers, so it definitely makes sense from that standpoint. The big fella, the Strip, James McDonald obviously comes down for this ride. He, he comes to Melbourne, he yep. brings all this craze with him, and you think... <clears throat> of course you're here for him. Of course. Of course of you're course. here for him. 215, he's actually twos out to 215, which it seems interesting, but mm. maybe they're just trying to get a few earlier bets on. Cool and Gatter's seven bucks. Marabi's back $9. I wish I win after a Golden Eagle win is $11. Bella Nipatina is 12s. Rock and Horse is there at 12 bucks as well, your mate. Mm. Geez, we've got a few mates in this race. Yep. Buenos Noches is 13. Baller, 18 bucks. September on 26. Milan, 46. And Fire down the bottom at 60. Marabi first up off nearly a year. They're going to have to go forward here, aren't they? And just serve it up to the strip, you'd hope so. Cool and Gatter on the lightweight will roll forward. She's obviously this boom filly that um, has a lot of class about her. And 
there's a lot of talk to say that this horse come back a much bigger and stronger horse. Yep. So very, very keen to see her first up. And the big fella obviously drawn one. I think that's absolutely perfect. I envision them huddling up the middle here, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on uh, how the track is playing. But I just think they're all going to go in the one pack, go straight up the middle. Major Strip Marabi call and get a first three. Fire not too far away, away is probably the other one. Bonus not just gets back with I wish I win in September run, as does their pattern suggest. He's the starting point, Ned. He's the big fella. He's the best in the country. He's the best sprinter we've got of of the you know the sharpest class that we've got best in this in country. Best in the world. Best in the world. Best in Australia. Whatever you want to call it. I'd rather spend more time looking at the rest of the field because I can talk about Nature Strip all day and, and what he's done and his first up record and, and what he does up the straight. I'd rather look at the rest and see if I can find a belt elsewhere. And I just can't, Ned. I look at Coolangatta. In my opinion, she was a failure first up last prep, beaten comprehensively by Rothfire. Marabi first up off a long tendon injury, enough question marks there to stay out. Um, September run will be too far back in running. Probably same situation with Bell and Ipatina. Bonus Notches gets way back, needs 1,200. Yep. I look down the page, even Rock and Horse, I want to chime in later in the prep with these horses. He's the only bet. Nature yep. Strip is the only bet. So with that being said, I've had an early investment. I've said it multiple times in this podcast. I'm not one for an early bet, but I've had one here. I just I don't envision him staying in the black odds. I think he'll start at dollar eighty five, dollar ninety, and I want to take what I've got now, get the boosters in while we can. I think he's the only possible bet in this race and the best on the card. I agree, best horse in the race by a very very long stretch. Coolingout is the one that's giving me some interest. A really nice trial. The word from the camp is she's just come back a bigger and much more mature filly really growing into being a mare. She gets a five kilo weight swing on Nature Strip, which I suppose over a thousand metres isn't a massive deal. But if there's just something in Nature Strip, that large preparation he had when he went overseas, then he came back here and he had to string a few races together. If there's just any chink in his armour and he's not completely up to his best, he might still win. Yeah. Like he could be 85% and probably win this race. Yeah. But if he's any worse, I think she's the one. I think she's the Quinella bet for sure. It's a great point you bring up around the interrupted prep. He obviously went overseas, tackled Ascot, came straight back. I think the effect's already told in last prep. But the question is, if he doesn't draw the widest in the Everest and doesn't get taken on with horse underneath him, does he win? Most likely. Most likely. So we're probably not having these conversations and we're probably getting $1.50 here if that's not the case. It's um, it's an ex- what a race, <laughs> what a race, super exciting. Like Cool and Gatta resuming, Marabi resuming. Who knows what these horses can get to? And they're taking on the benchmark, aren't they? Hundred um, percent. Last race we're going to cover at Flemington, so over fourteen hundred meters. Um, we've got top of the market is Daytona Bay. Um, next on the line of betting, my laptop just died. Sorry, everyone. Apologies. <laughs> I've gone straight to the phone. Daytona Bay is there three ninety. Scalapini sevens. Uncle Bryn seven fifty. Munamek is seven dollars fifty. Looks like Elvis is there at 10s, Dallas and 13s with Biometric at 13s as well. Crosshaven 14s after we backed it in on the weekend and my hat did not let us Very, down. very disappointing. Bankers Choice 16s, Umgawa 16s, and then we got 30s for the rest. So not an, not an option, 31s. Hickok 31s, Milton Park 60s, Catch 22 67, and Riazan. 201. Mm. Daytona Bay looks to roll forward, uh, the favourite here, as Ned's laptop just starts to revive itself. Genuinely, I don't know what's going on. It must be the heat. Crosshaven, um, also to sit outside. Won't be touching anything to do with that horse from here on out. Need to see something and you know, probably goes forward and, and wins here at 15 to 1, just <laughs> knowing, knowing us. But Milton Park to sit not too far off them. Dallas Sam will probably use the middle barrier, go forward. 
The real interesting one is Scalapini. How aggressive is Damien Lane from 13? Got a bit of a big weight as well, but we are looking at a compressed weight scale, so maybe that doesn't come too much into a play. Hopefully they can, you know, come across and park somewhere third, fourth, fifth, sixth in running and get a good chance. And the main thing is to get cover from 13. So, look, I, I had a couple of looks at this race, Ned. I, the favourite Daytona Bay interested me at the start because I think $4 is an attractive price for that horse. Didn't have a lot of luck last time, but still got out, had to duck towards the inside. Jamie Carter couldn't get out at the right time. Lost all momentum. Went back to the fence, but then I look at the horse on the outside, William Thomas, who would start 150 to 1 in this race Maybe more. and hasn't done anything for three years. I look at the horse that beat at home that day and I just had two or three looks at that race and I thought, yes, he was unlucky, but can I take $4 in a favourite with some new blood injected into this race? I have to say no now, Ned. Wow. Now that I've had two or three looks at it. Mind you, just for a bit of context for Here everyone, we, this, this is, we had a phone call this afternoon where he told me that he didn't mind Daytona Bay. Mm. And then I get to record, and he goes, I've got a bit of a surprise for you. I don't usually do this, but I've changed a bet, and you'll know when it happens. So here it is. <laughs> and he's picked up on it too. So, look, hats off to you. I'm, I'm with Scalapini, Ned. It's all about the run that he gets in transit. His peak performance, or peak figure last prep, came over this trip at Flemington. Smashed a very good field that day with some good runners in behind him. Very, very, including Pinstripe was a yeah. second horse that day. And, class. you know, that, that's absolutely class horse. So as long as Damien Lane can get the right running transit from 13, I'm not too concerned with the weight. As I said, it's a compressed weight scale, only giving, you know, four or five kilos to the favourite Daytona Bay. He's got the class. I was forgiving of his run uh, first up, up in Queensland. I know he started rock hard favourite and I was keen on him that day as well. But considering we're getting $7, 750 now, I have to back up because he wasn't disappointing. Um, he just maybe wasn't maybe had enough in the tank first up to just sort of had that blow out the last two three hundred. So backing up here seven dollars. Damian Lane on. There's a lot to like. I agree. I th first up was a bit disappointing. I look with if you if you take away the price right. If you just look at the run itself, it was a, it was a decent run. It was on Magic Millions Day. You know there was a lot. There was enough to like about it. Let's just okay. say to take seven dollars the next start. But when you look at he started two dollars forty. Most made him the best of the day. I can see why people are disappointed. Dallas Ann, Ruffy, $13. Mm. This isn't a tip the bloody bank on Back it. Back the truck up. The horse won first up last prep, and it was a nice little win. The horse's record in classy races, I think it's run top five in group ones 12 yep. times. Yep. He's consistent as consistent as they come. He gets James McDonald. He's $3.80 to place at the moment. And looking at this field, it doesn't bat very deep. Like, there's not a lot of class here. So I dare say that if he comes ready to go, he had a trial, um, I think, two weeks ago that didn't suggest that he trialled like an absolute bomb or anything like that. But he, I don't think he traditionally does. No, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run top three. I think he'll run really, really well, Dallas Ann. Yeah, yeah, have to have him on side. He's the class runner in this field. And if he finds any of his old form, you have to respect. Moving over the page now, we're going to Sydney. We've got yep. Rose Hill. Uh, race four, we're going to start it. So it's the silver slipper. We've got the young ones here, the two-year-olds. It's over 1,100 metres. And look, favourite, King's Gambit. There's a few question marks at the moment. I don't have questions. I don't think you have questions, but we just know it's all about the grand final. Definitely. $2.40, top of the market for Nash and the Snowden. Cylinders, fours. Platinum Jubilee after the Magic Millions run is 480. Mumbai, Mumbai Muse is 850. Madari Sunrise is 10s. Fire Lane is 13s and Carnaby, 126 bucks. I don't think I've ever seen a 6-7 horse field with 126 to 1 shot. Mm. Is it half a chance, Ned? Maybe we have to have a look into that for the punters. Well, 
apparently it ran pretty well on debut. It ran fourth, so... Okay, there you go. Maybe the price is justified <laughs> yeah. in that case. Look, Fire Lane goes forward here, Ned. was a brave run in the Magic Millions, I thought, and just sort of faded that last 100 metres. So back in trip now to 1,100, you've got to respect. King's Gambit didn't leave as well as they thought they could have. Um, first up with J-Mac aboard. Hopefully they're more positive out of the gates and put themselves second or third in running with Madeira Sunrise, the other one that has shown speed. Two bets for me here, Ned. You touched on it before. Is this the grand final for King's Gambit? No. They're obviously looking to get this horse to the slipper, mm-hmm. potentially a blue diamond as well. Maybe both is the target for this Could horse. And we know what the Snowdens do. They wait for the absolute grand final before you know presenting their horses 100%. And I think that's the case here. Left a fair bit in the tank. Did finish off well first up, but just left a lot in the tank after not leaving very well um, first up. So I'm happy to risk at the $2.40 this week. Platinum Jubilee, such an interesting horse, Ned, because we don't know where the track pattern is. They don't know. He doesn't know. What's the racing pattern? They've booked TC this week, so that suggests to me, with the Waterhouse and Bot pattern, they're going to go forward from the wide barrier, inject some speed. Maybe they don't see much speed outside of Fire Lane and see an opportunity there to sit outside. I have to have something small on. If they were, if they came out, let's say, tomorrow morning and said we're going to ride it cold with cover, I'd have more on a double my yep. bet, right? Because... That horse's win on debut where it got back to last and slashed home was oh. massive. It's run in the Magic Millions was massive getting back and running. And it's, it, I know it ran second, but its worst run was when it led them up yep. and was beaten. So if they come out and say they're riding cold, I'm on. And the other one that will get back as well is Mumbai Muse. I was on it first up, ran very well at 20 to 1 in that learning to fly race. She's now come out learning to fly, I'm talking about, and won another very handy race. So that form is standing up already. And the second horse in that race as well, Steel City, looks to be a nice um, horse going forward as well. So Mumbai Muse is good on that day. Got way back from the wide barrier, up to 1100 now. I'm going to have something small on it, $8 as well. I'm going to be a bit of a grandpa here, and I'm going to give some advice out. Okay. This race just has too many question marks for me. We don't know where Platinum Jubilee is going to settle. We don't know where King's Gambit's at in its prep, but they're probably most likely saving this horse for a slipper slash diamond. Mm. Second up, I don't know what they're really doing. Are they here to win? Are they here to run second? Are they here to run on? Could come out and win by six. Yeah. Cylinder, unsure about the, the horse's ability yet. Hasn't put the win on the board. Other horses down the bottom, I'm just not keen on. I'm leaving this completely out. Yep. And my advice would be to any punter that's trying to formulate something, and not just for this race, but <coughs> when you have r- races where you're, you're unsure, don't try and create don't something. Don't manufacture a bit. Don't manufacture a bit, Ned. It's great advice, very sound advice. I've got three golden rules in punting, Ned. And like you say, we're not grandpas. We're sitting up here saying, oh, the young fellas don't do this. This is from someone who's been in the hole, like <laughs> had some terrible days. Like that feeling of, you know, 8 p.m. on a Saturday night after you've done your ass, I know it all too well. Yep. There's three golden rules in punting for me, right? Don't bet in every race because mm-hmm. you won't be winning in the long run. Do not drink. Do not drink while you're, while you're having a punt. That's a huge one. And, pe- and people say, oh, well, I'm out at the races. I'm with my mates. Lay your bets in the morning. Mm-hmm. Lay your bets in the morning. Have, it, have as many drinks as you want or have 10 each way, right? And the last one is, is just take accountability. Record everything. See where you're at for the month, the week, the year, and make sure you take that accountability. And you should be able to be able to at least not do your ass in, in the long run. That's <laughs> at the very least if you take those three on board. Keep that ass. <laughs> um, a bit of advice there Chiminda. as well. Um, cool. Race six we're moving to now at Rose Hill. So 1,300 metres It's the Millie Fox. Got a pretty smart one that's put some nice races together. So Maria Mia's two dollars now. Yep. We looked before dollar ninety, so two dollars now. 
Catalan is seven fifty. Roots is eight bucks. Electric Girl is eight fifty. Expat eight fifty as well. Pavitra's twelve. Sonora nineteens. Honey Creeper thirty one. She's back. Cliff's Art is fifty ones. And Grand Remore is sixties. Expat goes forward for Newnham here. Marie Major on the outside. I think they're the first two in running. Pavitra, Electric Girl, Sonora are the other three drawn towards the inside um, that have a bit of speed. Roots to get back with Honey Creeper uh, as well. And Catalan probably midfield, not too far away. I think she's the bet here, Ned. I love the fact that they've rolled her out as well back out, out to Two Black marks. Odds. Like, she's flogged Golden Mile in a best-of-the-day performance last start. She's rock-hard fit. We're just watching the replay behind us here. She quickened at the right time and absolutely put the race to bed. Golden Mile's a, you know, Caulfield Guineas winner. A horse that's on the arp. Started rock-solid favourite in the red. And ran and she, well. And ran well. Like, gold, it's not as if Golden Mile didn't turn up. He ran to his mark and was just absolutely trounced by a much better mare on the day. So, she's up and running. She's fit. TC Sticks, I hope they're positive from that barrier. Um, I think they will be. Jay Pride, one of the most underrated trainers uh, in the in the country at the moment. So happy to butter up there on Maria Mia. And the saver for me is Roots, who's three from three first up. Obviously, has that Waller factor as well. If they ever do it up front, she's the one to flash. Two bucks for Maria Mia appears really, really good odds. If you like her, I couldn't turn you off. I just thought Catalan was a little bit of overs. She's now been crunched into 750, which... She was ten dollars yesterday, so yep. we're getting a little bit of a different price. The horse goes super first up, so it's four starts, three wins, and a placing as well. Um, nice little trial in between, and then when we have a look at last preparation at Flemington, I believe it was on Cup Day. Larkspur run won the won the race. There was about eighteen Godolphin. I think that's where it. they had the first four. I yeah. believe they had the first four on that day. Yeah, there was about eight of them running in the race. <laughs> But yeah, I just she was a little bit unlucky there. Didn't really get a massive crack at him, and they they specked her that day as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Catalan come out and run really well at some nice odds too. Race seven, nineteen hundred. We got the Parramatta Cup. It's uh, yeah, race seven. King Frankel, top of the market, three ninety. Irish Legends four bucks. Banjo is five fifty. Bonnie Ezra's elevens as well as Mohican Heights. Sacramento's twelves. Then you got Youth Spirit at 15s, Raging Bull at 15s, Parry Sounds 23s. In a twinkling, 26, Aravine is 26, and Salino is down the bottom at big, big, big odds. Sacramento goes forward, Irish Legend and Banju both got some fitness on their side. They're going to use their inside barriers to inject some speed. Looks like some good tempo here, Ned, for 1900. I hope that doesn't bring this favourite King Frankel undone because mm. I'm on heavy. Let's get on. Let's get on. I think this is the one that we've both identified and sort of sniped this one, Ned, so I'm happy to be on here. Very good trial over 1,200. They rid it aggress rode it aggressively, I should say. Tyler Schiller had it in the trial, backs it up here uh, first up. They don't even bother um, putting a senior jockey on. They know they can't claim, but they're happy to stick with that affinity that um, Tyler Schiller has. So, How about not even bothering to give the horse a 1,400-metre run? They just go, you're, yep. so, you're going so yep. well, you're that fit. Yep. Yep. Let's go 1,900. Well, Mark Newnham is that sort of trainer that has his horses so much forward first up, whereas a lot of trainers will leave a fair bit in the tank. And let's not forget, his first run in Australia was first up at Newcastle over 1,850, and the other horses haven't hit the post yet. Mm -hmm. he, he absolutely destroyed them on that day, won by almost five lengths, so... I'm happy to butter up here. Good first up record. He's the most progressive stayer in this field. I am concerned about Banju, Irish legend, the other two in the market. I just think we know where they're at. Banju was lucky and very well placed. I shouldn't say lucky. Very well placed by the trainer uh, last start. Caught some stayers first up that were looking for further and just got the break on him with the lightweight. Doesn't get the same sort of favours here. So I think King Frankel is the bet here. $4.420. Absolutely superb price. I'm all over it. I just had a thought. So I really like King Frankel if you couldn't get the gist then. 
I wonder if the reason that they've got this horse so forward and starting at a 1,900 metre race, I wonder if they're looking at Sydney Cups. You'd think they'd have to be. That's the logical step for this horse. Import, fits the profile. Mark Newnham's the right stable. Uh, you know, got that young up-and-coming jockey that has that relationship with it. You're not mm-hmm. swapping jockeys week in, week out. There's a lot to like about it. I like it. Jacko likes it. Let's do it. Let's back it. What's Four- not to like, mate? <laughs> race 8, 1,400 metres. It's the Hobartville. Always a super classy race for three-year-olds. Um, in the past years, this has been the lead-up into sort of your Rose Hill and Randwick guineas. So... Always a good race. We've got a real short one here. Af Cabin. I think a lot of a lot of punters are a big fan of this horse, and dollar forty five would tell you that. Yeah. Aussie Penko seven fifty. Zoo Tiger nine fifty. Then we've got double figures for a couple. So Pierre is fourteens. Communist nineteens. Machalate is back at twenty six. Brosnan thirty ones. Williamsburg forty ones. Manzois fifty ones. Magic fifty ones. And Prometo. Before we start. Okay. I got something to tell you. It's okay. pretty funny. So, <laughs> Manzois won the Derby, obviously. <laughs> And this is a horse that I've I have something on. Tipped on the second again podcast. Yes. If I'm allowed to say so. Twenty to one, twenty five to one, whatever price you want. <laughs> twenty three, thirty. Sure. You name it, we had it. Booster, forty. Bang. So my old man likes a punt. Good on you, Kevy. I know you listen. My old man loves a punt. And Derby Day, like most people, it's his day. He loves it. I think he's been to twenty six of the last twenty eight. <laughs> And that is absolutely no bullshit. He genuinely... He, the year he missed, he cried. So mm. that sort of tells you where he's at. When he backs a winner in the derby, he backs him to win X amount of dollars. And I'm not going to say what that X amount of dollars is, but it's a substantial amount of money. Anyway, so when he when they win, he buys something for the house. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. Dining table. Mm. Nice dining table. Car. That That's called the Tarzino dining table. Yacht. You name it. Yacht, whatever. Mm. It can be little things too, like an umbrella for the pool. Holiday home. Yes, there's plenty of things. So this year, so last night I actually had to move the old couch out of the living room. It's fucking heavy too, just quietly. And Dad has bought the new couch with the money and he's calling it the Manzois couch. <laughs> it's just fucking unbelievable. And the worst part is every time we watch the footy or we watch something now for the next six months, mm. he's going to say, oh, how's the Manzois? Like, so, yeah. good on you, Kevy. Well done. You good found on you, one, Kev. but he is 51s here. Good on you, Kev. Yeah, he's, he's probably not going to win here first up, <laughs> but, but Kevy Ano's already made the cash, mate, so it doesn't matter. In and out. Good on you, Kev. Out. That's fantastic, mate. Um, and, and good to see Chris Waller and Mickey D giving back to the economy as well, so <laughs> good to see them feeding back in, so good stuff. What's the speed map, Jacko? Yeah, let's, let's like. have a look back at, uh, let's get back on the horse here. So race eight over 1,400, we've got Zoo Tiger rolling forward. Wasn't able to leave as well as anticipated first up with Tom Mark on a board and didn't get the right run in transit. So they have to be aggressive here first, uh, second up, I should say, stepping up the 1400. Alf Cabin drawn wide out. Different uh, jockey this week with TC booked. Very interesting uh, booking for me. Loses those services of J Mac who goes down to Melbourne to ride the big fella. So let's see what plays out there. You'd think TC being the way that he is, he will be aggressive from the wide barrier. Pierre and Machilato are the other two not far away, and I think the Communists can show a bit of speed second up as well. I mentioned that Zoo Tiger didn't have that right run in transit, just didn't leave well enough and just got caught up behind runners. J-Mac did a really good job of keeping him in. I'm not saying he would have beat the horse on the day. Half Cabin was just turned up beautifully first up, and you know, no matter what the race shape is, probably wins. 
I just think at a dollar forty, dollar fifty this week, I need to take it on. I'm desperate to get this horse beat, Ned. Mm. Zoo Tiger was a little unlucky. Marquin couldn't get out at the right time and still finished off pretty well, taking a little bit of ground towards the end, even though half cabin was dom- dominant and won combat comprehensively, I should say. So I'm happy to back up Zoo Tiger at around the nine dollar. It's getting out to tens now, which is just super attractive. What price um, for yep. place we got at the nine fifty two ten two ten? I think that's a stupid place price, mate. I'm all over that. I think he just has to run top three here with not much pressure outside him. And I have to back up as well on Osipenko. Nash was very critical of his own ride um, a fortnight ago and just said he didn't have to get back to last. And the horse flashed home uh, to finish midfield. One of those hidden gem runs, but they've still kept it hard in the market. It just shows you the opinion of this horse. They should settle closer in running this week from gate one and hopefully not need to get back to last. They're going to be a good chance at 750 to, to beat this favourite. So they're the two I'm taking on. I'm going to have something small on Communist. I'm going to follow it throughout the entire preparation. Um, I thought it was a nice first up run over 1,200 metres. Um, best work was probably 100 metres to the post and then 50 metres past the post. Brosnan sort of went past him and then he found a little bit more for that last 50. So sort of telling me he's going to get up to 1,600. So Rose Hill, Guineas, Ram with Guineas, those sort of races. Um, I think 1,400 might be a bit short, but if he's strong... And I think he's a really strong animal. I think 19 and 3.30 is a really nice play. So yep. happy to keep following there. Let's just get Afcab cabin beat. That's what, that's what I'd like yep. to do. Yeah, let's... $1.45, you can fuck off. Not a bet. Not a bet. I think they're going to keep him here in Sydney as well. So um, they're not going to take on those those Melbourne three-rod races. So let's see what happens with that horse. But fuck, let's get him beat. Come on. Let's do it. Um, race nine, I just want to make a quick mention. I think Crosstalk's going to be mighty hard to beat first up. Three from three, first up record. The only thing I will say is, and you've mentioned this to me as well, a lot of form around wet tracks. Mm. How's he going to go on dry ground? I don't think it's going to matter against the class of field that he's versing. So I just thought it was a really nice bet. Yep. You can't rubber stamp him as a wet tracker at this stage in his career because there's not enough exposed form on the dry. So I'm with you, Ned. I think he's a good bet. Now, (laughs) we talk about it every week, and it is, it's growing. Not one, not two, not... Yeah, three. Three in a row. We'll have to draw the line there. Yeah. But we're searching for four. Rolling. We are searching and searching for four. It's not a hard search either. Like, it just seems to be one of these things that you just... Ah, like this thing. Binjara. (laughs) Wherever the fuck it is. Broom. You name it. It wins. This is what happens. (laughs) Like, whatever hole you're in on the day, when you see the best Western, just back it. It's simple. Yep. One thing you have to do. That's right. Death, taxes, and the best Western. You know it. (laughs) Where are we going this weekend, Jacko? Talk to me. So, Ned, you mentioned that we're three on the trot going for four. It's all going well, mate, but they're starting to switch things up on me over there now because we're not at Ascot, we're not at Belmont, we're not at Kalgoorlie. Where are we? We're at Pinjarra. No, we're not. We're out of Pinjarra, mate. Let me tell you something, right? Here's a fun fact for the punters out there. There's only two tracks in Australia wide Mm -hmm. that have a straight um, 1,200 metres, 1,100 metres, 1,000 metres. Okay. Flemington, so HQ, where we're obviously at on the weekend. And obviously, Pinjarra being the other one. Unbelievable. So, so um, you know, th- that's the second sort of premium track that we've got in, in Australia, Pinjarra. So. It, it is, it's a tight first, too. Yeah. It's probably close to yeah. Flemington. It, it, you know, some years they have it on top. So, you know, good to be out there this week. All the, the leading jockeys engaged, Pike, Chris Parnham, they're all out there this week. So, good to see him out there. We're going to race six, Ned. Like I say, going for four on the trot. Pike is aboard this horse. This is number three, Prawns 11. Mm. 350, 340 thereabouts at the moment. The horse has only had six starts for three wins, going very well. Um, comes into this first start. 
has some form around some good horses. So my Bella May was the best Western on the weekend, got the job done. She's a super filly on the way up, and this horse got good form around her, giving her a good shake a couple of times. So I'm happy to back up here. There's nothing else in this race that really bothers me. As long as Pike can get the right running transit, get that three wide cover, get the, the swooping coming out of the straight. And what I love going up the straight as well is that you don't need to be seven, eight lengths off the leader. You need to be three, four lengths off because they're all fanning out, and he's got the superior turn of foot over these. So I'm all over this. That's race six of Pinjarra, number three, prawns, 11. Doesn't get any more convincing than that. I've, brought, I've, I've just deposited some money into the account right now, yep. Jacko, so thank you for that. Yep. Um, Prawns 11, you know the rules. Just back it. Mm -hmm. Simple as Absolutely. that. Mate, what are you doing for the punt? Where are you sitting for the punt? Are you going to go to the races? What are you doing got, this week? Got a lunch on Saturday. I was thinking of heading out there. Um, going to have to just sort of take my medicine and go out to the lunch, do the, do the oblig obligations, um, and then sort of chime in later in the day. But um, I'll be having a a close eye on everything that's going on. On a more sombre note, Ned, we've got to pay respect to an absolute cornerstone of the game that yes. um, sadly passed. Um, it was around 24 hours ago. Dean Lester, a lot of our viewers, um, or younger viewers especially, probably don't know who the man is. One of the great form students um, and someone that we obviously took a lot from and learned without meeting the bloke. Just his contribution to the industry was massive and he'll be sorely missed. So um, Dean Lester had an awesome career and, and you know, pay our respects from second again. For sure, massive yeah. thoughts to the family and anyone close to Dean. And it's always weird when you lose someone of such stature and, mm. you know, he's so well respected by everyone. So yep. it's always a bit of a numb feeling. So I can definitely say that I've taken a few tips from Big Dino. Yep. So to be missed in the uh, in the punting world. So yep. good on you, Dino. Yep. Um, Jacko, mate, have a great weekend. Good luck on the punt. Yep. And may the best Western prevail. May the best Western prevail. And quick shout out to our mate, Harry Kamas. Who? Yeah, there's a, someone's just sent a message in just saying they're, um, just to say a quick shout oh, out. So, yeah. Harry Karmas, we're waiting for the invoice to come in, mate. But, um, yeah, so happy birthday to Harry Karmas. If, if you meet us one day, mate, come have a beer with, beer with us at the races. We'll shake hands and whatnot. Hopefully, we can steer you into a few winners, mate. So, all the best, brother. Happy birthday, Haz. Good on you, brother. <laughs>